Welcome to the Mystic Lighthouse, your beacon for the paranormal. Each week we will explore a grab bag of different cryptid sightings, hauntings, UFO encounters, and various other true tales that are sure to leave you questioning, what are you willing to believe? Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mystic Lighthouse. You've heard of paranormal investigators hunting for ghosts, but what happens when you're the one being hunted? A listener tells us exactly how that feels. Strange phenomenon and sightings in the sky will hear an account of one person's very real UFO sighting. And have you ever stared death in the face? One of our listeners feels that he has. So get ready for this week's Tales from the Mystic Lighthouse. Our first story is from Alexander, and he tells us of his encounter with a tall shadow being. Hi there, and uh, thank you for um, asking me to share this story, and uh, thank you everyone who's who's listening to this Uh recount um i just want to warn anyone um that because uh you know the nature of the story is is pretty frightening um and did actually happen to me um that you know this 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 may be a little intense so um anyway i guess i'll start with some uh with some history or some uh, some context, um, this event happened in the early 2010s. Um, I was about 20 or so at the time, 20 years old, and I, uh, my family and I, it, it was a it was a very very difficult and sad time for my family and I because um, we we're just coming back from living overseas. Um, and we were making the trip from, um, Southern California because we landed at LAX to Northern California where my aunt was living in hospice because she was, uh, she was passing from cancer and, uh, that, um, my aunt happened to be my dad's sister, younger sister. Um, so this was a very, very difficult time for him. Uh, as well, um, not only because, you know, he was losing a family member, but because he had basically raised her, um, all of her young life, um, and they were very close, um, so being the older sibling watching your younger sister pass away is, is, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine it, um, so because of that, there was a lot of dark energy, 
um, kind of surrounding us, just negative energy, not to sound all spooky, you know, whatnot. Um, but there was, there was, there was just a really like a dark cloud hanging over us the entire time. Um, that, you know, whatever, whatever cloud was following us around, um, was feeding off of, um, this, this sadness. Um, and I'd never seen my dad like this before. So anyway, um, we, we get to, we get to Southern California get to Los Angeles and, uh, we basically immediately hop from there, um, into a rental car and start, um, start our trip. Along the way, we have to stop at, um, one of, uh, my cousins on my mom's side's house to stay, um, because we, we can't, you know, um, we can't find anywhere short notice, um, you know, for, for three people and, and a pet and whatnot. Um, so, and my, and my cousins offered, so we, we stayed at their house, um, for context on that, um, they live in a very large house, um, and they're a house with multiple rooms, and, um, I usually end up staying in their son's room because it's the only room available in the house, um, especially after my folks, uh, were, um, staying there, you know, multiple occupants. So, um, the thing about it is these cousins of mine, they lost their son. Their son was murdered, um, in the early nineties in a very high profile case for the time. Um, and, uh, a famous director, I, I can't really say who, just for the privacy of everyone involved, including my own family, uh, made a film about it in 2002. Um, and without, without asking permission of my family. Uh, and so, um, it was, it was, it was a very big case. And, um, so as, as you can imagine, it's pretty eerie staying in his room because it's kept the exact same way, um, it was before he died. And so, um, you know, we get to the house and we have dinner, of course, and, and then we, we get ready for bed. And of course I'm freaking out because it's a, it's a terrible night. The wind is, is gusting outside. The trees are really blowing, um, Santa Ana winds, you know? Um, and, uh, there's a bunch of owls outside in the trees outside of their house, like a bunch of palm trees and, and other trees, right? Um, they live kind of in the hills and they're all hooting and, um, I'm, I'm a little more than a quarter Sioux. We believe that owls are the messengers of death. So of course this, you know, whole trip is just, uh, just, uh, awful. And, uh, you know, the, the owls are going crazy um, all night. And, and I'm just thinking, oh man, it's, it's, it's really close here. Um, the end. And, um, so uh, I'm, I'm laying in bed and I can't fall asleep, of course, because, you know, the owls and the wind and I'm in 
my cousin's room um and it always feels like there's a presence in there and you know i i closed all the doors he had a he had his own bathroom in there and he had a closet still full of his clothes and i closed both of those doors because you know i'm not about to take any chances right um and uh kind of a key point there's a at the end of his bed at the foot of his bed in front of um you know uh well sorry to the side of the closet um is a black kind of like glossy black with gold trim um media cabinet super 80s you know um his 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 room never left the 80s um which i you know aside from the 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 creepy factor i always i always admired his room i thought it was kind of a cool time capsule but anyways um so all the furniture in there is very 80s and this this media cabinet uh, is is not exempt from that um and so it's got those kind of glass doors where you push in on them and they click and it'll pop the door out so you can open it magnet magnetic kind of closure um and those doors are closed and you know i can see the contents inside and all that there's some personal belongings and whatnot but uh the doors are closed and so um you know uh, that'll that'll be important later so i'm laying there and my phone's on the charger and i'm trying to i'm trying to fall asleep and it's it's not working right so i I pick up my phone and kind of try to read some things and play a couple of games so i get sleepy and eventually i do so um but with being very worried that something weird was going to happen that night i uh i thought you know what i better i better check my surroundings and take note of what's around me in case i wake up so that I know that this is not a dream, absolutely not a dream. Um, so to my left, I'm, I'm laying on my back um, on the bed, and to my left, there's a nightstand. Well, there's a nightstand to my right, but um, more importantly, there's a nightstand on the left, and it has a clock on it. Um, one of those black standard digital alarm clocks with a big red display, you know, kind of easy to read. Um, and the time read somewhere past midnight. And there's also a, a lamp in kind of a shell pastel pink. It's like ceramic lamp, very 80s, um, with a kind of a white pleated lampshade. Um, my phone cable kind of running over the little uh, nightstand to a wall socket behind it. And uh, so I, I look at all that, and then I move my move my site to a Depeche Mode poster on the wall, um, which was just, you know, he taped it. My cousin taped it on the wall, of course, and, you know, the tape got old and one corner was falling off, so I noted that. Um, and then he also had this huge, like, really tall sound system, like two huge speakers and, um, like, the the amplifier and cassette tape deck. Um, it's like an eight cassette thing it was like probably really it was very fancy and probably very expensive back in the day um you know and and so I looked at that and uh took note of that and then I closed my eyes and eventually I fell asleep um it felt like about 15 minutes later um I wake up my eyes shoot open and my head is leaning to the left and 
You know that feeling you get when someone is watching you? I I definitely, I, I woke up knowing that I was being stared at by someone, I guess. Um, and I, I knew they were at the foot of the bed. I was like, oh my God, there's someone there and I'm not looking there yet. I need to double check that this isn't a dream. So I kind of like grabbed, I was sleeping on top of the covers because um, I was kind of too paralyzed to get under them if I needed to bolt out of the room, right? I'm 20, but I'm still a weenie, right? Um, so I I like grab the covers and, you know, there's the tactile feel of the, the, the covers and the sheets. And then I look at the alarm clock and I know I, I wasn't specific on the time earlier, but I distinctly remember it being 2.34 a.m. And I looked at that alarm clock. I was like, okay, it's 2.34. I'm going to look at the lamp. I looked at my phone charging the cable, looked at the Depeche Mode poster, and then looked at the hi-fi system or, you know, the speaker system. And then I was like, well, all right, let's get this over with. So I look to the foot of the bed and I absolutely freeze um, because there is indeed someone standing there. And I can only describe them as being really tall, like like probably six foot. Um, I, I assume because of the, the build of the person's body that it's a man, very broad chested, wide shouldered. Um, they were wearing a black suit, a white shirt, dress shirt, all very crisp, a, a black tie, um, looked relatively modern. Um, and of course, <laughs> uh, it wasn't a person, uh, looking at me, but a skull with a pair of eyeballs. No, no face, no skin, no, nothing gory, no blood, just a, a skull and two eyeballs with red irises, like, like burning fiery fire engine red. Um, and they were looking at me just like this guy was looking at me. And I was like, I just innately knew this was death or, you know, the Grim Reaper or whatever, what have you. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't human. There's no possible way. And we looked at each other for a while. Like, I mean, for what seemed like a while, but it was probably only a couple of seconds. And um, I felt this, like, this huge, just this insane, insane, intense gravity um, to the energy coming off of this being, this whoever death, I guess. And, um, it, it was, it was, it was evil, but not in like the malevolent sense. It was just kind of like dark, you know, like kind of, like the rain cloud that had been following us around. And, um, it was just really, it was really, really intense. And, and, but I also knew that he, it, whatever it, he wasn't there for me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have that sense of fear like I was going anywhere. I just was scared because there's this, you know, six foot tall guy in a suit with a skull for a head staring at me with red eyes, right? Um, 
so I, I looked away, I looked back to my left, I looked at the speaker system, the poster, the lamp, the clock, the phone charger, all in reverse, so I could recount it accurately. So I knew that I absolutely was not dreaming, because I don't, I don't have those kind of lucid dreams normally. Um, like, if I'm able to control it, it's still pretty outlandish, and I never really, well, I, I never remember my dreams this vividly after the dream occurs after I wake up. I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've wanted to write dreams down because I'm like, oh, that would make a great book or a great script. But, you know, eventually, if I don't write them down, um, the the memory fades except for like the most violent or, or intense parts of the dream. This, as I'm recounting it to you, I remember plain as day, you know. Um, so anyway... I, I looked at all the things, again, grabbed the, the bed sheet one last time, and then I looked back to the end of the bed, and no one was there. But two things had changed. The closet door was open. Oh, man. <laughs> Gives me chills um, remembering that because the closet was dark, and I always felt like something lived in that closet, I swear. Um, but anyway, the closet was open. The closet door was ajar. It wasn't like swung wide open, but it was ajar. And the media cabinet, the left, if I'm looking at the media cabinet from the bed, the left door, which would be the right if I'm the media cabinet facing me, the left top glass door was open. And I, I closed all doors. Um, and there's no way that it, it opened unless... You know, maybe I slept, walked, and opened them. That could be a possibility. But uh, there's there's no way that my sleepwalking had anything to do with the guy standing there looking at me. So needless to say, um, I got back on my phone, tried to distract myself and read something until I, I just was forced to fall asleep because I had to get up early in the next day and we had to go um, continue on our way on our trip. So I, I wanted to try and get some sleep because uh, I knew I wouldn't be sleeping very well in the car. So um, I eventually passed out, uh, woke up. It was a sunny day the next day, wind had stopped, nothing wrong with the room. No one there, um, and and it just it was it's just a a really freaky night. It was the most intense paranormal thing I've ever experienced. Um, I've certainly had my run-ins with with ghosts and spirits and etc. And you know, take that with a grain of salt. Doesn't matter to me, but. I I know that I met death or some form of something that night. And I don't know, still I don't know to this day why he was there. Um, because if he wasn't there for me, I don't know if he was just warning me that my aunt was going to pass away, but I mean, I would at least expect to have expected him to visit my dad instead, um, because he was much closer to
to her than I could ever be. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my story. And, um, sorry if it gives you the heebie-jeebies, but I hope you enjoyed it. Our next story is from Jennifer, and she tells us about an experience she had spotting a mysterious object in the sky when she was younger. Okay, I was asked to do a recording of my experience um, that me and my family had. Back when I was younger, we were uh, all woken up in the middle of the night. Um, and it was my two brothers, my mom and my dad. And um, this was in Everett, Washington, um, by a lake that we live by. Um, it's called Silver Lake. But we were, I don't know, a couple blocks from the lake. But... We all got woken up um, in the middle of the night. Um, the only thing you could really hear was the hangers in the closet clinking against each other because back then they were metal. So we all looked out the window and we saw basically something being covered up. The whole sky was covered by this floating city is what it looked like. Um, a giant spaceship and um, it was huge you couldn't see the sky um, and then all of a sudden the lights went on and the lights were so blinding that it made your eyes burn and water I've never seen lights as bright as this um, all I remember is my Doberman going under the bed and hiding and she was not afraid of anything. Um, but I remember my parents yelling at us to stay away from the windows because I don't know, I wasn't scared. I was wanting to see and intrigued by it. So I started going towards the windows and I, I remember my mom and dad yelling, get away from the windows. Uh, so anyway, the next thing we know, it was gone. Like, I didn't even see it take off. That's how fast it was. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, I remember my, my parents telling um, us not to say anything to anybody because we would end up in a loony bin because people would think we were crazy. So I never really told anybody other than friends um, all through growing up. I've never seen anything like it ever again. And I probably won't see anything like it ever again. But it was amazing. And I know for a fact that it was nothing that our military back then, because I was probably 11 and I was born in 1975, so... Um, we didn't have that kind of technology, and I don't even think to this day, I don't think we have that technology to make 
a floating city. I mean, it was amazing. I can't even, I can't even begin to explain, um, how much in shock we, we all were. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to share my story and, um, let everybody know, um, that it's real and we are not alone. And our last story comes from Serenity, and she tells us about the terrifying feeling of being hunted by an entity. Hello, my name is Serenity. I'm 27 years old, and this is the story of my encounter with a dark entity that haunted me after my grandmother passed away. I was 21 years old when my grandmother, who raised me, died from cancer. Her death was, as you can imagine, exhausting and mentally draining. The toll of it all forced me away from college and made me return home to the house she and my grandfather built. It wasn't finished. There were parts of it that weren't completed. The basement was not dug out all the way. and her bathroom and closet were never fully finished. It was surrounded by red clay in the country and in the U.S. Towering old cedar trees and country folk and hunters and carpenters who were hardworking, God-fearing people. No one could have understood what would happen with her death, though. The house no longer felt like a home when I entered the door. I brought my luggage from the dorms inside and brought it to her large walk-in closet. And I considered that the house belonged to me now, but in truth, I didn't want it. When I looked around, when I walked into that door, it felt as though she'd never been there. Her clothes were present, as were her jewelry items and the white bedding she loved. But her laughter no longer resounded with her voice. The warmth she exuded had gone well. Had gone as well. <clears throat> Leaving the master bedroom that she had inhabited, that used to be a safe space for me when I was a child, cold, and it felt stagnant. It was as though all the living color and safety that this home once held had been snuffed out with her passing. And standing there inside this large closet, I suddenly felt anxious. I gravitated to her clothes that hung neatly in the closet, pulling out a favorite pink shirt and bringing it to my nose to smell it. She was a chiropractor, so she always smelled like baby oil um, and Shalimar perfume. It was comforting, and I wanted to feel like a piece of her was still with me. I wanted to smell her scent there one more time, but when I pulled the shirt to do this, There was no scent. It was like it had been erased. And that feeling left me... empty. For the first time since the night she died, I cried. Standing in the middle of this closet. Thinking to myself, what do I do? How do I fix things? How do I 
How do I keep going? Now that she was gone, I didn't know what to do. My biological mother was living with me at the time, as was my college roommate and my siblings. Yet, I honestly had never really felt more alone. So I found myself standing there, contemplating what to do as I tried coping with losing someone so precious to me, grappling with the reality that the cancer that took her is genetic. And now I have to be afraid that myself or someone else that I love will fall victim to it. In all honesty, putting this into words is painful, confusing even, but it was in her passing that some of the worst things happened. I tried getting a better grasp of my emotions after a few minutes, wiped my eyes, and started leaving the, leaving the closet, shut the door behind me, and then out of the corner of my eyes, I saw it for the first time. A tall, shadowy figure standing in the corner of the room. It had features that I could make out, but just barely. No facial features, though. Just a tall, thin frame with clawed hands. It looked like it was black as night, and it exuded a, feel, a feeling of fear, of misery. It was a sensation of death. I walked out of the closet of the room and shut the door. I never looked up from the ground, and I pretended like it wasn't there. But when I went to my room where my roommate and sister were, they asked why I was so pale, if I was okay, and I brushed it off. I was like, oh no, don't worry, I'm just tired, and I was. I was tired, I was heartbroken, I was trying to ignore a grieving process that ultimately caused me to suffer in the long run. But I didn't mention the shadowy figure, hoping it was nothing more than my exhausted brain coming to terms with whatever I could, <laughs> whatever had happened. But that was the worst mistake I could have made. In the coming months, things began to change. I noticed the shadow in the room and the door was open. So naturally, I really let it stay open. Yet, sometimes the kids would leave it open and I would be face to face with the shadow. Eventually, my mom and youngest brother came to there where they were sleeping in the room all the time. And I kept trying to ignore it. But something never felt right in the house. It was these little things at first. Missing items, small arguments that would happen on occasion. But that steadily changed into something more malevolent. There were arguments that started breaking out more, and things became borderline abusive. My siblings were telling me how they didn't feel comfortable in the house. Someone was always watching them. My roommate didn't like going into my grandmother's room, and my mom started getting sick. And then, one night, my little brother was going to bed, and my mom was working the night shift, so I took care of doing that. He was only six at the time. And I was going to do what I would have normally done. I was going to turn the closet light on and shut the door so the other older kids wouldn't bother him so he could get to sleep. I would, but he told me not to shut the door. And I was thinking, okay, he's a little kid. 
You know, they're scared of the dark sometimes. I'm almost 30 and I'm still afraid of the dark. So I imagine that's what he was too. But then he said something that made my heart almost stop. He said, if the shadow, the shadow man will come if you shut the door. And then I realized he was seeing it too. I had said nothing. Decided to give it attention just in the off chance that it wasn't a hallucination. Other supernatural entities that my entire film had seen in the past, a blue dog that smelled like roses and death, and a short goblin-like creature with green skin and black veins bearing razor-sharp razor blades for teeth and sharp, thick yellow claws, did come to mind when I first saw it, but I didn't think anything of it. A part of me wanted to think that it wasn't supernatural, that it was a manifestation of the mind, and that the other two things were all that we would see, but... Now I was questioning that choice to ignore that part of my mind that told me not to doubt what I was seeing and that I needed to be afraid. But I had a little kid who was scared. So I did the only thing I could. I pretended it wasn't real, that it was a nightmare that he'd had, and that nothing could hurt him. I did what any adult would do. I pretended it was, wasn't was real just to give him some comfort, even while I was looking at it from the corner of the room. But it just kept getting worse. And each time it got worse, the entity started to move. It would move closer and closer to the doorway of the bedroom. And each time it did that, there were more arguments. We ended up losing our house. And this horrible, cold feeling of dread kept coming closer and closer. At 22 years old, the house that I had been given by my grandparents went into foreclosure. I had dropped out of college. I didn't have a job. And I had nowhere to go. Things were stressful, of course, but then one night, my mom took my youngest brother to the grocery store with her, leaving us alone for a few hours while my roommate and I attempted the kids. Something had happened to where my sister and brother got into this argument, kids fight, you know how it is. And the next thing I knew, I hear a baseball bat collide with the door frame. It's one of those distinct, heavy, deafening sounds. Something you really can't mistake for anything else. And it sent a chill up my spine. I was in the kitchen where, my, where I had a clear view of my grandmother's room, where the shadow now stood at the foot of the bed. My sister started screaming and crying, and I panicked. I ran to try to get between them. And my brother swung the bat at my head. This was a kid. We were 10 years apart. His eyes were wide and he looked wild. His face was twisted in anger. He didn't look right. I told my roommate to grab my sister. I did the only thing I could think of. I told her to take her to my grandmother's closet and lock her and lock the door behind her. I pushed my brother back and we ran into the, we ran into it. He swung the bat a few more times, but 
he missed us. We locked the door and I called my mom and honestly, I kind of thought that was the end of it. My brother got into therapy and well, we just kind of assumed it was just the culmination of everything that had happened so far and I kept thinking, okay, now the monster will go away. But it kept getting worse. The house was always cold, no matter what we did. We started packing up things to move somewhere because we ultimately lost the house. My mom and I started getting into terrible arguments. They were mostly just screaming and shouting. She called me things that I knew she wouldn't call me. It wasn't like her. And also, I threw things, hit walls. I started wanting to commit suicide. In the shadow, it kept coming closer to the door. Eventually, everything came to a head, and I went across the street to my great-grandmother's with my roommate. My uncle helped us move and keep what I wanted from the house, and I stayed with my great-grandmother for almost a year. During that time, my mom continued to live in the house for a while, and we didn't really talk. She and my roommate and my siblings thought that I had abandoned them. It was kind of strange. And then things started to look up for a little bit. I got a job, I said my roommate, and we started saving up money to move into an apartment for the first time. And my mom, well, she finally left the house. We didn't talk, but things were looking up. And then I saw a creature in the hallway at my grandmother's. The bad thing is my roommate saw it too. And then my great-grandmother one night told us that she had seen things in her house, unnatural things, evil things. And I got the worst feeling that it was the shadow from across the street. My roommate and I talked about it often, sleeping in the guest bedroom in my great-grandmother's house, sitting up in the middle of the night, because you would hear scratching, these strange sounds from the hallway they connected into the living room. It made me feel like something bad was going to happen again, and it did. I lost the job I had because I have a knee injury that I sustained it a few years prior. I dislocated my right knee out of the socket and put it back in by myself, and despite doing it right, because of the way it had been, there were lasting damages. I had to take a break on a six-hour shift, land up against a wall, this two-story restaurant, and... I couldn't walk because of the seize up of my knee and they fired me. Things were weird after that too. My roommate started having car trouble. There was just so much, too much. It was frustrating and kind of scary even because I was beginning to think that maybe I was cursed. Then a light shined through for us at last. I had some property left over from when I inherited the house that was from not attached to the main house property. But the person who had bought the house couldn't access it. So what I did is I sold it. And uh, me and my roommate used that money and we got our first apartment. It was a place in the middle of a not great area in our state, in a city not far from where I grew up. 
The apartment was a complex built like townhomes and was income-based. It was cheap. And, well, there you go. We slept on a blow-up mattress in our living room for the first four months, eventually getting a bed when my great-grandmother gave it to me. And I still use it today. We were sharing a room, and... While I didn't have a job, my roommate did, and so I was often left alone in the apartment. I had a dog at the time, but sadly he passed while we were here. It was not related to these circumstances, but that didn't make things better. One day after my dog had passed away, I went downstairs. I was going to pick something to eat and go back upstairs, do some writing, um, do some other work that I had to do. Things were fine, and I was coping with the loss of my animal and just everything that was changing in life. I thought it was over, that we were okay, and then I saw it again. It was standing in the corner of the living room, but this time it was clearer. There are more details to its appearance. I looked at it dead in the eyes, these black hollow sockets, and it smiled. The sight of it made me feel sick, and I fled from the kitchen and upstairs. I locked myself in my room, and I had a panic attack. Things were getting worse, too, at least on an emotional level. I was having mood swings, panic attacks, anger spells, outright becoming more and more aggressive, and having trouble with breathing problems and body pains. During the time of this apartment, I ended up being diagnosed with fibromyalgia and bipolar disorder. I want to remind you, at the time of this, I was 23. Finally, I suspected the entity was now a thing that was just because of my mental illness. I started medication for it. I was doing okay. I got another dog whom I still own. She's three as of writing this story and telling you this story. And I was making progress on coming to terms with everything that had happened, but there's always more to the story now, isn't there? Slowly but surely, my roommate began to see the entity too when it was edging closer to the stairwell, eventually coming up to stand by the front door and then the stairs. We would run up the stairs at night of shutting the lights off, leaving the landing light on at the top of the stairs. We'd sleep with the TV on for light, for sound, for anything that wouldn't let us know that it was getting closer. It was scary. Then I started to ask myself, why is it following me? What did it want? I began to question these things, and each night I drew closer and closer to the bedroom. And then one day, it finally came inside the room. I had never had sleep paralysis before, but I'd always imagined it was scary, and I was right. It is. The first one I had was on a bright summer day. My roommate was playing a video game and I was sleeping in because I hadn't got much sleep the night before. This was when I had the first sleep paralysis episode I'd ever experienced. I woke up from my nap and my whole body was frozen. I couldn't move, I couldn't blink, and breathing was difficult. I knew I was awake because I could hear my roommate playing, then my 
playing the game. My dog was sleeping on the bed next to me and things were normal. But the entity now had a face. For the first time in a year since I had begun seeing this thing, I saw what it truly looked like. Tall, emaciated, blackened flesh that could have been burned. Long, sharp nails of equal color, fanged teeth, and wide eyes that bore no pupil or iris. Atop its head were antler-like horns, and it crouched to fit in the corner of the room. I stared at it in fear and panic and doubt and thinking, this thing's going to kill me. It smiled, exposing an evil grin that split up to its ears in a garish glassical grin. It had jagged teeth. I wanted to believe I was having a nightmare that this creature was just a figment of my imagination. And then it walked over to me and grabbed me by the throat. I felt corpse-like cold fingers touch my skin and putrid breath that stung of decay on my face. And it spoke to me. You will never escape me. I sat up screaming. I went into a panic attack. It was horrifying. One of the worst things I'd ever experienced. And my mental state suffered for it. My suicidality went up significantly, and so did my depression. And this entity, I feel like it fed off of that. Eventually, I started waking up with bruises, strange scrapes that shouldn't have been there. I even had a bite once. It was hard to even come to terms with these things happening. And I started to feel like I was being hunted. My roommates saw it on several occasions and said to other people, saying that the apartment was freezing constantly, that it reeked of something rotting, and mold began to grow on the walls, and the hinges of the doors and vents. It was everywhere. My roommate and I, we just left. We moved out nine months after living there, and she had got a better job. Our second apartment was great. It was in the city, 30 minutes away from the thing that had haunted us. We were doing good, had a nice home. Good finances, finally. Things were looking up. Eventually, though, my mom had come to stay with us due to her having to move apartments. Her old one had bugs and other unsavory things. But in the time that they were there, my little sister would come into my room at night. She was about, I want to say, 12 at the time. And she would tell me about a woman at her old apartment who stood in a tattered, bloodied dress with matted hair in her stairwell at night. Her teeth were exposed because she had no lips, but she spoke guttural whispers about how she liked to kill families. And it terrified me. I was beginning to think that there was no end in sight to these things. I mean, could you blame me? I told her not to worry about it, that God would protect us, and that she needed to pray and it would help. Because it had for me. I started praying a lot, and while I'm not what I would deem an ideal Christian, I pray for safety and try to do what's right. But these things wouldn't go away. A year after we moved into the second apartment, we were moving out. Rats. Black Widow spiders. 
mold, peeling floors and rotting walls. You named it. It happened. We both started getting sick, and we saw we both saw the thing again, standing by the fireplace. My heart sank when that happened. Eventually, my mom and siblings moved to their current place, and my roommate and I moved into an apartment even further away from my hometown, but still in the same state. We now live in almost an hour away from where I grew up, and while that particular entity hasn't shown up, save for one time, other things have happened. The sleep paralysis has stayed. It's never went away. My mental state's improved, but I could argue that there are still other things that are bothering us. In our current place, we actually do have a ghost. We have two. One is a nurse, and she makes rounds between our bedrooms every night. You can hear her shoes clacking on the hardwood floors, maybe even her pen scratching on the board. She peers into the room. She's got a warm, gentle light to her. She watches over us and makes sure that we're okay when we're sleeping. She's warm and kind and feels compassionate and protective. The stark contrast to what we've been dealing with for the last few years, huh? The second is a cat, strangely. But 2020 was a bad year for all of us. My roommate and I in our small apartment with our two dogs and a cat had to deal with the entity trying to come back into our lives. But we think... Maybe the nurse spirit is trying to protect us from her, from it. My mom. Thank you for joining me today in the Mystic Lighthouse. All stories submitted and narrated are purported to be true. The Mystic Lighthouse is produced and narrated by your host, Bo Carver. If you have any stories you would like to tell, you can submit them at themysticlighthouse at gmail.com. And tune in next week for all new tales. 